Hey, this is Double J, Jeff Jarrett, WWE Hall of Famer, and you're listening to the My One Two Three Cents Podcast. It's my personality to be jittery. It's part of my charm. Wrestling fans, are you ready? It's time for my one, two, three cents of the podcast on the Jittery Monkey Podcasting Network. Give me the hell yeah! Now, here's your host. The man is also a very long, dear, personal friend of mine. Does the guy have a name? Yes, he has a name. Kevin Huntsberger. Woo! If you've dreamed of becoming a professional wrestler, it's time to make that dream a reality. The Stride Pro Wrestling Training Academy is now enrolling new students. Classes meet on Tuesdays and Thursday nights from 6 to 8 p.m. Be sure to check out the Stride Pro Wrestling Facebook page at facebook.com slash stridepro-wrestling and get enrolled now. Hey friends, welcome to episode 440 of the My One Two Three Cents podcast and I wish I would have planned this out better a couple of weeks ago, a few weeks ago. I did a wrestling under the influence and honored uh, the late great Gorilla Monsoon. And, you know, 440 was Gorilla's alleged weight in the ring. And now I kind of wish I would have waited till this week to do that. But uh, that being said, it is another wrestling under the influence. We'll get to that in just a little bit. My uh, my guest is going to actually review the beer for us. We'll hear from him a little later in this episode. But I do want to remind you to subscribe to this podcast if you haven't already. Be sure to check out the My One Two Three Cents YouTube channel as well as Facebook and Twitter pages. There's a Facebook group as well. And I got a lot of responses when I posted that, you know, not only am I doing this as a wrestling under the influence, but I'm also doing it as a, uh, a, a bit of a Q&A. And I didn't intend to get as many questions about Dusty Rhodes, the American Dream, who we are honoring with this week's beer, um, as I did. But hey, I think it's awesome. Um, you know, last week, the uh, A&E biography of the American Dream, Dusty Rhodes, aired. You know, I'm thinking back to my early fandom in those early days. And, you know, I, I remember seeing Dusty in the Aftermags and then, of course, watching on uh, TBS and on the, uh, back then, the NWA syndicated programming, and he was such a big part of that, and obviously, you know, as a young fan, didn't know that Dusty Rhodes was the booker uh, at that time, but he uh, really quickly became one of those guys that, uh, if you didn't know his previous life uh, as a wrestler, and, and yeah, he spent a, a time as a heel and teaming with Dick Murdoch, and uh, you know, some of the things that he was doing um, in that realm. Uh, but that fun-loving, uh, big-hearted, larger-than-life character, you know. And I, I and I think the parallels, and there are, you know, rumor and innuendo that at one time, you know, Dusty Rhodes was going to be or could have been that Hulk Hogan character over on the WWF side of things. As far as the charisma, I think it's unmatched. But obviously then, when you look at Hulk Hogan versus Dusty Rhodes and what Vince McMahon always sought after for that big, uh, muscular, uh, you know, vascular uh, physique of a, of a wrestler, you weren't going to get that in Dusty Rhodes. Dusty Rhodes was the common man. He was the everyman. Um, you know, and, and by the time, really, Hulkamania kind of took the world by storm, 
Dusty was was pushing 40, which is not old by any means. Um, you know, we have superstars and, and wrestlers today in, in both AEW and WWE and even in, in uh, Impact and other companies that are in their 50s and, and are still doing an amazing job. So I feel like though the 80s, the 70s and 80s and, and even into the 90s, it, it was a different time uh, for wrestling as far as the uh, life on the road and the everything that that came along with it and and you didn't see wrestlers going much past their early 40s before they were kind of being uh I don't want to say put out to pasture but were being used more to put over the younger talent we'll get to all of that here in some of the questions and some of the discussion um in in just a couple of minutes as well I mentioned that Stride Pro Wrestling, or I should mention that Stride Pro Wrestling makes its return on Saturday, May 6th. Be sure to check that out at the Sioux Drive Center in Marion, Illinois. Check it out uh, on Facebook as well. Follow them on social media and keep up to date with everything. And and since I did put this out as a Q&A and, and I mentioned Stride Pro Wrestling, I might as well go ahead and dive into the very first question, which comes to us from Bud Galloway, who is the now former Stride Pro Wrestling No Limits champion. What is your favorite part of independent wrestling? Is it the drive to be something else? Is it the creative character work? Is it watching someone's journey of learning? Uh, great question and great choices there. You know, I think it's a little bit of all of that. Uh, with Stride Pro Wrestling specifically, which is where I have my most experience with independent wrestling, but certainly, you know, back in those early days of All American Pro Wrestling and then the, the very short-lived Pro Wrestling Collision. I was involved with both of those from a um, uh, kind of a behind-the-scenes aspect as well. But being a part of, of it and, and being able to see people get opportunities, men and women coming in uh, to the company, being able to wrestle, being able to live their dreams, being able to do that in front of their friends and their family. And, and you know, Tyler and I talked about it last week on the episode um, – were it not for stride, there's a lot of folks that um, may not have had that chance, may not have had that opportunity because when stride started back in 2016, there was really um, not much going on on the independent wrestling scene here. It had laid kind of dormant, especially in this area uh, of Illinois and of the of you know the tri-state area. There was not. There was nothing in Western Kentucky, and there was nothing at that time in Southeast Missouri. Cape Championship Wrestling, of course, came shortly after Stride, but it's you know it's kind of like that saying where you you hear um, um, high tides raise all ships, you know, and, and I believe that that is true on the national scene. Even though I do, you know, and I'll get to Chad's question here in a minute too. Bust balls about AEW probably more often than not. But, uh, you know, I think without those other companies, it's less opportunities for the guys and so and the, and the women. And so I, I, I enjoy the fact that they get a chance to shine and do it again in front of their family and friends and, and that development, that character work. You know, Bud Galloway, is, he asked the question and, and he's a good example of that. You know, someone... Of course, when anyone comes in, they're going to be green, um, but they work at it. They get better. They practice. They put in the reps. And it's not just coming to wrestling practice twice a week. You know, it. you have to work on things outside of that realm. And I think that the ones that stick around and that succeed do that 
but they don't just work on their in-ring work. They work on character development and microphone skills and doing all of those other things that come with time and they come with consistent work, not just waiting for opportunities to be handed to you, but going out and, and getting those opportunities, finding those opportunities, wrestling at other companies that may be smaller, that may be larger, getting in front of those crowds, getting in front of or getting in the ring with other competitors who are better than you because you're not going to reach that that skill level that you want to reach if you're wrestling people who are just trainees as, as you're training or are, are not on the same level as, as you uh, are below what you're able to do. So getting in there and getting those skills. And I think that the guys and gals who do have the experience have to be willing to get in there from time to time with the quote unquote greener talent and help them grow and develop as well. So it, it, that's been, you know, my seven years at stride. That was my favorite part was just being able to be a part of that and seeing and, 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 and watching the relationships that built backstage, you know, when you're in the locker room and, and I wasn't in the locker room a lot because as the ring announcer and commentator, you're out calling the action and, and there's not time to sit and listen, but the, you know, when Tyler and I had those few matches as as tag team champions, you know, I was not announcing, so I was able to sit back and listen to the veterans, to Axe Allwart, to Jay Spade, to uh, uh, Roger Mathis, to Heath Hatton, giving the advice to the younger guys who are now in a position to where they're becoming those mentors and those who are nurturing. And that's how this business works, you know, not just in the WWE or AEW, but here in stride in Cape Championship Wrestling and Anna Fight Underground and IWA Productions. They all have those talented veterans who have to, you have to be willing to pass that information, pass that knowledge on to the next generation, or it, it, it's going to not last. This independent wrestling thing or any kind of wrestling is not going to last very long. Uh, Garrett Galloway of, uh, of course, uh, uh, Bud Galloway asks also, what is my favorite color this week? Uh, this week, I'm going to go with the Shawnee Community College maroon. It is uh, a very fun color for me to be a part of. So uh, it's what pays the bills here at the house. So I'm going to go ahead and go with maroon. Um, we get a question from Jake No Khakis on Twitter. He asks, or starts with a statement, in the 1980s, Honky Tonk Man was an Elvis impersonator. Big Boss Man was a former prison guard. Greg Valentine was a high school gym teacher. If you've seen the memes, you get that one. Question is, was Hacksaw Jim Duggan's character the dude who worked at Home Depot on the 4th of July after a couple of too many Keystone Lights? Cheers to that. It, it works for this week's episode as we are drinking some beer uh, and on this wrestling under the influence. I, you know, uh, Hacksaw Jim Duggan is one of those guys. I have met him a couple of times. He is a great personality. He is one of those larger, again, another one of those Dusty Rhodes types. That's uh, larger than life was, was not, uh, you know, in the eighties, WWF was not meant to be the heavyweight champion or the face of the company by any means, but was a great supporting cast member, uh, just like all the others that were named Honky Tonk and Big Boss Man and, and, and even Hammer Valentine. So, uh, yeah, he was uh, carrying around that two by four, which he's used to this day as a gimmick and signs them and autographs them and, and everything else. So uh, it, it has worked out for him, uh, you know, 
one of the all-time greats, one of my favorites uh, as a kid, watching him get in the ring and, and swing that two-by-four and, and the American flag. Back to Chad, we were talking about AEW a few minutes ago. How many hugs does Tony Khan have to give you to become an AEW fan? Um, as long as he doesn't book Goldberg versus Ryback at Wembley Stadium, I'll be a fan. How about that? Um, as I mentioned, you know, I, I picked the beer that I picked this month or this week uh, for Wrestling Under the Influence, and my guest will explain a little bit more of that. Um, it's Spotted Cow by New Glarus, and it's, uh, you know, we're talking about Dusty Rhodes and the polka dots and, and whether or not uh, it was a rib. And that was the question from Luke Lay. Now, Dusty, who is going to join us in a little bit because Dan Corley asked for my best Dusty Rhodes impression. And I, I don't say uh, it's the best, but it is Dusty Rhodes talking about this new Glarus beer. And we'll get to that in just a couple of minutes. But uh, Luke Lay had asked me uh, if I thought the polka dots were a rib. I personally don't find them to be a rib, and, and you'll hear Dusty's explanation as well. Um, I, I've talked about this on an episode of um, uh, Give Me a Minute on the My One Two Three Cents Facebook page. And, you know, I, I look at it as this. The 80s, you know, Vince McMahon is building, and, and by the time Dusty came in, Vince had already built and was really taking over the world of professional wrestling. Uh, Jim Crockett Promotions was for sale. I think the company had just been sold or was about to be sold when, when Dusty was let go. Uh, Turner was in there running things and, and trying to make a profit, trying to turn things around. Um, Dusty went to Florida for a little bit and then came into the WWF. And, you know, I, I was a wrestling fan. I watched everything. I watched World Class. I watched the UWF. I watched Central States. I watched NWA. And I watched the WWF. And so I knew who all of the, the wrestlers were. I, and so, but I do think that there are pockets of this country that don't get all of the wrestling. Or were just hyper WWF fans. So maybe didn't know who Dusty Rhodes was. Adding the polka dots, it, it was a fun little thing. It, it gave uh, some new life to the character, It maybe. I don't know. I, I, I don't think it was meant to be a rib. I could be totally wrong about this. I don't even know. I, I've never, I don't recall ever seeing or hearing anyone from the Rhodes family specifically saying that the polka dots were a rib. They may have thought, you know, Dustin and Cody may think it now in hindsight that it was a rib. Um, but at the time, I, I, don't, I don't recall it being a big deal. You know, I was, what, 15, 16 years old when Dusty comes into the WWF. I just thought it was fun. I thought, you know, hey, here's Dusty Rhodes. He's, he's changed his look up because when Harley Race came in in 86, they gave him a crown and called him the king. And, you know, when we saw uh, Kurt Hennig come to the WWF, they gave him uh, spandex tights and, and, you know, the singlet rather, and, and made him, uh, Mr. Perfect. Terry Taylor came in and, and became the Red Rooster. So they were keeping Dusty pretty much intact. He was still the American dream. He was still the same character. He just wore polka dots. And I, and even if it was a rib, how is that a rib? I don't understand where the, where the, 
insulting part of the polka dots, but I, you know, I've always been kind of an eccentric in, in my clothing choices and taste. Obviously, if you look at some of the suits that I have, um, and back in the day, you know, back in the nineties, the early nineties, especially late eighties, early nineties, I was into the polka dot scene. You know, I had some, uh, I remember going to merry-go-round in the mall and buying a black and white, uh, polka dotted shirt. And so I never looked at the, at the polka dots as a rib. Uh, and I'm curious to hear from others and what you guys think, you know, some, some probably, because I do think that Vince McMahon and, and WWE creative, WWF creative back then, but even now today still continues to get, uh, kind of maybe sometimes unfairly, uh, judged or whatever, but you got to look at this. This is a business and while I'm on the subject, you know, I, I've seen the meme going around that, you know, the biggest lie we ever were told was that uh, Razor Ramon and Yokozuna were were Hispanic and Japanese. And I, I know it's, it's supposed to be funny. It's a meme and I get it. I get all that. And I don't want to be that that guy. But, you know, I'm going to say this. Razor Ramon was Cuban and Yokozuna was Japanese. Now, the two men playing those characters, Scott Hall and Rodney Anawaya, and I know I probably just butchered that, were Samoan and were American. But they were playing characters. And I think sometimes with wrestling, it does become much harder to distinguish or separate character work from the real person. And I get it, and I'm probably being whatever, but... I just wanted to put that out there. I, I, I saw the meme. I got tagged in it actually as well. But I, you know, I, I think that if you look at it as these guys are characters, these men and women are characters and they're not necessarily, um, you know, playing themselves. I mean, did anybody really believe that, uh, the undertaker was dead and was, was summonsing lightning and, and, and all those good things. Maybe some of the little kids did, but, uh, again, that's that's just kind of my one, two, three cents on that situation. Jason Skull and uh, Tyler Adams both asked the same question about Dusty and the NWO. Was it a good idea? No, I don't think it was a good idea. I think by that point, uh, the NWO had kind of jumped shark. And I know, I don't think Dusty liked it. I, I think there were a lot of people in hindsight that look back at it. But even when it happened, I thought it was not a good idea. So... To me, the NWO, uh, if you look at it, I always thought the NWO was supposed to be more of a group of guys who had worked for WCW, went away, went to the WWF, got success, and then came back. Or had been very successful in the WWF and were not as successful. Or were, you know, They had a grudge against WCW, which is why it worked with Hogan and with Hall, and with Nash, and Ted DiBiase, uh, you know, the Giant joining it, some of those other guys that joined it, I just didn't like or get, Six, of course, being a part of it, but I think everybody can agree, the NWO just kind of got way too big for its its britches, if you will, and did not, uh, did not work out the way that we all probably hoped that it would have, and I don't think there was ever officially a payoff with the NWO, um, but no, I, I did not like Dusty being a part of the NWO. Tyler also asks about his stint in ECW. I vaguely remember this. I've seen pictures and videos uh, from this era. Um, and I know that it was referenced in 
uh, Cody Rhodes promo with Paul Heyman leading up to WrestleMania this year. Um, and I, and I don't know if all of the financials and all that was true, or if that was just part of the story that they're telling with the promo and, and, and whatnot. But, uh, you know, I think anytime you see Dusty, I'm all for it. You know, when he came back to the WWF in, in the mid two thousands, um, and had their match, I believe against Randy Orton, I think it was a bull rope match. I think he did a couple of other things, but when, when him and Piper and Sergeant Slaughter and, and Ric Flair, there's a meme going around of those guys as well, dancing and stuff. I loved it. I love that taste of nostalgia and, and anytime they were bringing Dusty back, I was all for it. So, uh, the time in ECW and, and ECW, I, I believe he wrestled Steve Carino and, and he may have done some other stuff there in, in ECW, but it was always a good time and a good, uh, good opportunity to see Dusty back in the ring and especially on the mic. Hunter Woodworth wants to know what my favorite Dusty creation is. Besides Cody and Dustin, I would have to say the war games. Um, I think as a kid, when I was, you know, uh, 14, 15, when the first war games came out and I can remember the hype leading up to it. And, and, you know, back then obviously did not know that Dusty was on that creative side of things, but just being able to see all that and and how it was growing and and developing and becoming, um, a thing, uh, those matches were just amazing. And the horsemen against Dusty Rhodes and, and Nikita Koloff and the, uh, the road warriors, those rivalries, it, it always felt so, so real. And, and that's not to knock what the WWF was doing. I was a big WWF fan for different reasons though. You know, I liked the larger than life characters in the WWF, whereas the NWA, you know, they had the more serious wrestling, if you will, that was going on. And I think that it was possible, and I think today's fan can like the WWF and, or I'm sorry, like the WWE and like AEW. But for whatever reason, there's this tribalism mentality that people don't want to admit or don't readily admit that they like both. Um, and just because one does something, you know, we don't have to turn it into this this war, if you will. Uh, but I think back in the 80s, it was definitely a war. It was, uh, you know, and, and war games and and... That's why it was so interesting to see Dusty show up in the WWF in the late 80s. And I'm, I'm curious, I don't remember now if the first War Games happened under the NXT banner after Dusty passed away in 2015. I think it was after his passing. Uh, but I would have loved to have been able to see his reaction to War Games, uh, you know, under the NXT umbrella. And I know they tweaked the concept and whatnot, but... Definitely war games, and then the idea, the concept. I I think Dusty gets a lot of credit for p- putting together Starcade, which you know was the granddaddy of them all, and really opened the door for other people to to hold wrestling closed circuit wrestling pay per views, and you know they did it first on the NWA side of things, but obviously I think Vince McMahon did it better, and he built on that. And yeah, it was a business and it was competitive and it was cutthroat. Um, but I think that Dusty, uh, always persevered and was always one of those guys that, uh, you know, his character in the ring, he was never going to give up. And I think he was like that backstage and behind the scenes as well as, as he was putting together his shows. And I know he's gotten criticism for being the booker and, and kind of always booking himself, uh, in this main storylines and whatnot. But, you know, as, as we've heard before, 
when it comes to trusting others and, and whatnot, the booker can always trust himself. He's not going to screw himself. So, but I get the criticism and I understand, I can understand why some folks would not uh, like that. Ryan Bowman, a big friend of the show and uh, good to hear from him. He asks regarding Dusty, what are some of his funniest moments? He was always known for being so entertaining and a little bit of comedy was a big part of that. Yeah, I think Dusty Rhodes, uh, you know, if you look at guys with the charisma, with the ability on the mic, um, you know, Dusty would definitely be probably in my top five promo guys, definitely top 10. But, uh, and I, you know, right off the top of my head, I, I, I couldn't probably go through and, and name all of them that are, that would be better than Dusty, but I, he's near the top. Um, you know, going back and listening to Tony Schiavone's podcast when they recapped uh, the year of, of uh, Crockett Sports or Jim Crockett promotions on uh, in 1986. And Dusty Rhodes was obviously a huge, huge part of that. And we were hearing um, from him on every episode and, and coming out there and, uh, you know, the Hard Times promo, which predated that. But I, I'm thinking of some of those memorable promos that Dusty did and I, I the other one I remember uh, vividly is I think it was 1994. Dusty had gotten back into the ring and and was asking Dustin to be his partner um, when they were g- getting ready to to battle. Uh, I believe it was members of the Stud Stable um, for the in a War Games match and just that emotion. That was the thing about Dusty is you always felt that emotion and I think a good promo elicits that emotion from the listener but it also it comes from a real spot for the wrestler for the performer now those are some of the more serious uh, promos and moments with him but you know dusty coming out there uh in the studio and and pointing out people and you know acknowledging the fans and and saying and doing some of those things and you know phrases like funky like a monkey and if you wheel and that big bionic elbow and that setup for the elbow the whole uh, you know, the, the dance, if you will, it, you know, he, he got into it and the fans got into it and he inspired so many people. And I know, uh, you know, specifically when you watch a farmer, Billy Hills match, for example, in Cape championship wrestling or in stride, you see farmer get into that move, that moment that, and he starts doing it and, you know, winding up and, and spinning his hands around and boom, hitting that elbow. Um, you know, it, it, it's, it's, it's fun. It's entertaining. It's, it's why we came to watch and, and get lost in that and, and really watch some true masters uh, in the ring. And I, I, and I love the fact that Dustin, you know, I loved Goldust. Goldust, one of my favorite characters of all time in, in wrestling. And, you know, being able to see that character develop and evolve. And when he was doing things uh, in the late 90s during the Attitude Era where he was doing different characters. And one time he came out as Dusty Rhodes uh, wearing the polka dots. And and, uh, and now Cody, you know, the legacy, if you will. the uh, In the main event of WrestleMania, he was doing some things that really reminded me of Dusty. So I, I think that the comedy side of Dusty was great, um, you know, when he stole the big boss man's nightstick and, and, and police hat and, and came out to the ring wearing those things from time to time. Um, it, it was just 
it, it was hard to, 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 to beat that stuff. You know, the, the stuff with Sweet Sapphire, bringing her on and, and wrestling the Macho King Randy Savage and Sweet Sapphire, or uh, Sensational Queen Sherry. Um, the stuff with Brother Love and, and, you know, his time in the WWF with Million Dollar Man and just some of those things. It, it's uh, the dancing, the, the, the timing of the promos and, and everything. It just all was a perfect storm and it, and it worked out. I think it worked out so, so very well. And, and it was so incredibly, uh, done and, and masterfully done, uh, by again, three-time NWA world heavyweight champion, um, U S champion, tag team champion, you know, dusty did it all. And I would have liked to have maybe seen, you know, but by the time, again, by the time he came to the WWF, it was, it was, you know, he was not a, enhancement talent by any means you know he's beating those guys that I just named off and then he's in there uh, in high profile matches he was at the top of the card he was a captain in survivor series he was you know doing things and 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 making big strides uh, in the ring and and so um, I really really was always a big fan of, of of Dusty Rhodes and 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 what he was doing and I was I was I was disappointed to see him leave when he went back to uh, WCW, but you know that's that's really, I think where he was his his livelihood, and and that's I, I think they respected and appreciated him probably a little bit more down there on the creative side of things, and you know creative is done differently in different promotions. So, uh, you know, seeing him come back though, and, and being a part of the WWF, the WWE, uh, getting that statue in his honor several years ago at WrestleMania. It's all a big deal being enshrined in the Hall of Fame. You know, we were fortunate enough that he was still with us when when that honor was bestowed upon him. So, uh, again, it's it's things like that that I I choose to remember and 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 cherish with the dream, and not the fact that Vince McMahon was trying to make him look stupid by wearing the polka dots. So, again, I I disagree with the polka dots being a rib, but. You know, again, I'm just a fan, and and that's my opinion. As other fans have their opinion on, they think that it was a rib. Dan Corley wants to request that I give my best promo in my best Dusty voice. Daddy. Well, it's not the best, but here's Dusty with the review of Spotted Cow. Baby, this is the American Dream Dusty Rose trying out some Spotted Cow by New Glarus Brewing Company. And I'm picking Spotted Cow because... People seem to think that the polka dots the American Dream wore was a rib on the dream back in the 1980s in the WWF. Well, I'm here to tell you that the only rib involved was going to Abdullah the Butcher's house of rib. Now look at that nice pour there. Ooh, the dream can't wait to taste this. It is nice and gold, just like my boy gold dust. Ooh, the dream really like this one. 4.8% alcohol by volume. Now, the Dream going to have to drink several of these, if you will, to get his buzz on. But the Dream is here to tell you again about them polka dots. Now, Vince McMahon and his marketing was bringing the Dream to a much bigger scale, baby. Beating guys like the Big Boss Man, the Macho King, Randy Savage, and even that nasty old million-dollar man, Ted DiBiase. Dusty Rhodes, Sweet Sapphire, they are living on forever in our hearts and in our minds. So cheers to the 1980s, to the American Dream, and... To the Rhodes family as well as all them polka dots. Because we're going to get funky like a monkey and finish this spotted cow. I'll add my one, two, three cents to Dusty's review. I also agree. New Glarus, spotted cow. 
Uh, this is an employee-owned brewery in Wisconsin. It is good stuff. And you definitely, uh, I, I think you can only get this in Wisconsin too. It says employee-owned only in Wisconsin. And uh, I had some friends that were in Wisconsin very recently and brought me back a four-pack for my birthday. So Tracy and Sean, shout out to them. I know they won't hear this, but uh, I appreciate it. I've had I've had Spotted Cow before. It it is good stuff. They have a couple of other brews that I've had, and and always uh, look forward to trying new brews as well. So, friends, let me know your thoughts on the American Dream, Dusty Rhodes, uh, Cody Rhodes, Dustin Rhodes, the whole entire Rhodes family. Uh, again, one of the most iconic uh, families in the wrestling industry. I think that uh, you know. Dusty's legacy is is obviously a great promo, his creative mind, and his two sons who um, are making a difference still to this day in the world of pro wrestling. Dustin, in his 50s, still wrestling, um, training others, and, and building up that future. And then Cody, of course, really, I think, uh, in the highlight of his career. He's on that uh, high wave right now, and I think he's going to be riding that for a bit. So uh, again, let me know what you think. We're going to raise another glass to the dream to New Glarus Brewing Company, and of course to Spotted Cow. Friends, thank you so much. Have a great week, and we will talk again soon. This is a production of the Jittery Monkey Podcast Network. For more jittery shenanigans, go to jitterymonkey.com.